You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning. Thank you for continuing to join us if you are doing so after the roundup. Uh, another hour of the program this morning. If you missed out on the roundup with Maddie Johns, you can catch up now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Just search up Mornings with Matt White. There's still a fair bit on the table for this final hour of the program. Sam Verrill's coming up very soon. We'll catch up with him as he's about to start life as a Gold Coast Titans in the NRL after four years at the Roosters. The Roosters, folks are in the news again. Spencer Lenu has announced that he is leaving the Penrith Panthers and the Roosters will be destination 2024. The Panthers have put out um, a press statement which confirms that he will depart the club to join another NRL team, they say. He'll remain with the club for the remainder of the season. Debut, of course, in 2019, played 61 NRL games for the Panthers and played a significant role in their back-to-back premierships. Also represented Samoa on five occasions, including at the World Cup final. He's only 22 years of age, Spencer. Um, Panthers CEO Matt Cameron said it's disappointing to see him or to see a Panthers junior sign with another NRL club. We understand that uh, he is a premiership winner, international player, and he's received external, external interest. So that's one of the big pieces of news that has come out this morning, um, that Spencer is on his way from Penrith to the Roosters in 2024. And it sits around this debate that's currently being held between the Rugby League Players Association and the NRL itself about the date that players can sign with another club. You and I have had this discussion, so let's keep it going today because it's front and centre, right in front of us. Smack bang, there it is. The league wants a change, and what they want the change to go to is June 30 because at the moment what can happen is any time from November 1 last year, a player can sign with another club for 2024. So you can sign from November 1 for the following season, the season after, in fact, And it's doing a lot of people's heads in. It's part of the drama of rugby league, but it's doing a lot of fans' heads in the way that this is all playing out. There are so many players who will be um, churning out for their team this year, knowing full well that they're signed with another team for next year. The latest, Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth doing a deal to sign with the Dolphins for 2024. They'll have to see out the season and play out the season with the Brisbane Broncos. I'm not the one that I'm not one of those ones that jumps into the camp that says just because a player signed with someone else, uh, somebody else, that they won't put in for this team for this season. I, I just I think it's human nature to want to start thinking about what's around the corner. But these guys are professional athletes, so I think that they can get the job done. However, fans aren't real happy about it. The NRL now wants to push that out to June 30. So what would happen is under the current arrangement, none of this could happen for next year until after round 17, which is June 30. That's when that one wraps up. So are you a fan of that? Are you over the way that it's playing out at the moment where players can sign this far out for another season after the event? 
it's it's a complicated arrangement. The NRL wants to simplify it. They want to make it June 30, and then you can start doing the horse trading. But before that, the players, well, hang on a second, we've got to relocate. Those with families have got to have the time to go and find new homes, new schools. All of it makes sense. But this is a professional sporting organisation. And if players are moving on in one way, e.g. Lockie Miller goes from the Sharks straight up to the Newcastle Knights, bang, it's it's done and dusted. We don't want to see that happening all the time, but that's the reality of the game that way. Surely the players can start to look at how it's working for the fans. It's an interesting one, and there are a lot of other people saying about, hang on a second, the Roosters are getting a top-line player again. So that uh, rugby league circle of news is not slowing down, folks, because the season is only three days away. What about the performance from our Australian women's cricket team who've done it again at the T20 World Cup? They were sensational. They beat South Africa by 19 runs. So set South Africa a target of 157 to win. And uh, they ended up after their 20 overs at 137, the South Africans. So the numbers are astronomical when you look at this Australian women's team. That's their sixth T20 World Cup victory, which included the hat-trick of titles and now has included the hat-trick of titles in 18, 2018, 2020, and now 2023. And the first three also came in succession, 2010, 2012, and then 2014. They are an unbelievable unit led so incredibly by Meg Lanning and then Beth Mooney, who posts 74 not out, the third highest individual score in a T20 World Cup final. She's already on top of that list with 78 against India back in 2020 and she has a rock-solid performance, 74 not out with the bat. Here's Beth Mooney on Fox Sports. We haven't had it all our way this tournament. It's been incredible being in here in South Africa and, and playing at an outstanding ground like, like this one. Um, very special. You knocked today. It was calm. It was calculated. But just how tough was it in these conditions and, and with this crowd? <laughs> I'm glad I can fake it that much because I certainly wasn't calm or collected out there. I'm sure the girls will, will tell you afterwards. But um, the crowd was very impressive and there weren't many people cheering for us, um, unfortunately. But... You know, it was a really tough wicket and I think I was probably a little bit too hard on myself in the middle of that innings. I walked off thinking um, we hadn't quite got enough on the board, but um, never judge a wicket till both teams battle. It was bloody tough out there, but um, I thought everyone did a great job. When you think back to that lean start to the tournament that you had, I mean, how satisfying to put together a contribution like this in the final? Yeah, massively, I think. Um, obviously, I was really disappointed with my output in the first couple of games, but um, the, the belief within the support staff and the team that they, that they have in me is um, unbelievable. So I knew I could turn it around at some point. It was just a matter of hanging in there. She's incredible. Incredible, too, from Ash Gardner, who ends the tournament with 100-plus runs and 10 plus wickets and she is the player of the tournament the young star of Australian cricket congratulations to the Aussie women for winning the World Cup yet again more rugby league now as I mentioned earlier Sam Verrills will start his career as a Gold Coast Titan this weekend against the West Tigers so they've got the Tigers on Sunday uh, evening 6.15 start at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney after four years at the Roosters he now finds himself on the Gold Coast and I'm pleased to say that Sam Verrills is on the line good morning Sam Morning, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. It's getting close. Uh, how's it feel being a Gold Coast Titan after all those years at the Roosters? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, I'll get my Titan number this weekend, and 
uh, it's something I'm really looking forward to, and uh, it's been a pretty, pretty tough pre-season, and uh, we can finally put it all together this weekend. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing and representing this club. What's been the toughest part for you of the preseason? You've done a few leading into this. You know, rookie in this space. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, making the move up north is probably the heat, to be honest. And you know, a different training regime up here with Cam Ferguson, and uh, you know, it's been. You know, I think this is my fifth preseason now, and you know, this is probably up there as one of the hardest I've done, to be honest. And um, yeah, just the way he's trained us and made us prepare for this Sunday, it's um, it's really rewarding because I know I've got the reps in, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Blackheart Oval on Sunday. And it's a different kind of heat, isn't it, Sam? It's a muggy heat up there. So where do you reckon you're at fitness-wise, as opposed to other seasons? Yeah, I think you know. I just mentioned Cam Ferguson's come up here and he was down at Manly a few years ago when they had their really good run in 2021. And, um, you know, he's absolutely flogged us in a good way. And, um, yeah, it's it's really muggy up here. We train out at Parkwood, so the heat definitely stays in there and um, there's no shade at training. So uh, it's been it's been challenging, but, look, it's we're really ready to go and, you know, I can't wait to get our combination in with our spine and, you know, play with the forward pack that we got up here. Yeah, I want to ask you about the spine in just a sec, but you mentioned Cam and obviously the impact that he's having in the preseason. What about Justin Holbrook? Again, a completely different scenario for you. How's he been as the head coach? And what have you noticed major differences between him and, say, Robbo? Yeah, I think um, I think Coach is a little bit more quieter than Robbo and Robbo's a little bit more vocal in the words at training. And Justin just kind of is a laid-back approach and... Uh, he talks individually really well and uh, what he wants in our game. And, um, you know, he's a great coach and he was a big reason why I came up here and I had a chat with him last year. And um, Yeah, he's just a more laid-back guy and uh, he's approached rugby leagues a bit different than Robbo and the way that Robbo likes it. But, um, you know, he's very enjoyable up here and uh, the boys love playing under him and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Did it make it somewhat easier for you with your deal? I mean, we're talking about players signing a year out and all that kind of stuff and perhaps changes to those windows. You signed with the Titans back in August of 2022 because you knew Brandon Smith was coming, so you knew that you had to move on. Did that make it easier for you to to up and out? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously footy works the way it does with the um, signing out a year and with Brandon signing a year out, I kind of knew my, you know, writing was on the wall there and uh, I knew I had to just have a good season with the Roosters and, you know, put my first foot forward for any club. And, you know, Titans came knocking. And as soon as Titans came knocking, I pretty much told my manager that I really wanted to come up here and, you know, really play for this club. And, you know, I looked at the team they've got here and, um, you know, I can really see myself playing some good footy. And, uh, and you know, I did show in the trial. You know, it was only a trial, but I think we all worked really well. And um, it just makes you really looking forward to round one. And, uh, hopefully it's a sellout down at Leichhardt and we put in a good performance. You're locked in for the next two years. If they do change the yeah. way that players sign, Sam, how do you reckon that plays out? They're, they're talking about going back to June 30 and essentially you've got to play 17 rounds with your team before you can think about next season. Do you reckon players have enough time to relocate or is that one of the biggest issues or does everything else come into play? Oh, look, I think I used to set a sign in August. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't really... You've got plenty of time to move, but whatever way the NRL wants to do it is is fine by me. But you know, obviously it is it is good for a player, you know, being able to sign a year out. To be honest, but 
Um, if they do want to change it, I guess that's for the best interest of the clubs and all that. So that's fine. But, you know, I think you get half a year to move is, is pretty fine. I thought it was pretty sweet, to be honest. Talk to me about your spine then. You've got AJ in the car with you. Kieran Foran's now there at the Gold Coast Titans as well. So important, the spine. How's it all coming together? Yeah, I've got AJ in the car and, you know, he was fashionably late this morning picking me up. So um, that's on him. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really enjoyable. We've really connected well up here, um, you know, off the field as well. You know, we've been catching up a lot and um, it just shows in the trial that we had. And, uh, you know, we've really put in the reps in pre-season and um, we've sat down a lot, talked about the way we want to play. And, um, yeah, it's a really it's a really good spine. It's a young spine. And then we've got the, the head of Foz there that just controls everything. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, be able to finally play, you know, officially our first game together. It's uh, really exciting. And you're getting a first-hand look at one David Fafita. How's that been? Yeah, David's a he's a beast of a footy <laughs> player, and he's a he's a funny guy too as well when you get to know him. And uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's a funny dude off the field, and you know he's really looking fit, and he's something I've really been you know when I can't be, I really wanted to see how he trained and how he got into it and he's changed his whole, you know, diet this year and um, he's really put in the reps in pre-season and um, it just showed the trials he had and, you know, how fit he is and, um, you know, it's a damaging team when David's fit. So, um, look, I'm really looking forward to playing with him and he was a big reason I came up here. couple of quick ones before you got to go. What's life like on the Gold Coast? What's been the major difference away from footy for you? Um, oh, look, I grew up on the Northern Beaches, so... You know, it's a pretty similar lifestyle up here with the beaches right there. And, um, you know, obviously coming up here, spoke to AJ a lot. We've been him and hanging out heaps. And, you know, it's just uh, it's a little bit more relaxing than Sydney with, you know, just everything going on, the hustle and bustle. But I think just, yeah, just relaxing up here and taking my away time with footy with, you know, my mates up here now and uh, playing a bit of golf and all that stuff. So just doing all that stuff. I'm playing golf terribly, though, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're playing. That's but, that's the best part. Yeah, exactly. And, and your your ex teammates have has has the text messages, the WhatsApps been flying around from some of the Roosters boys. Yeah, obviously, you know, I've I've stuck in contact with most of them. You know, they were best, my best mates down there for a long time, and um, you know, it is you know always hard when you like leave who we see every day, and um, yeah, winning a comp down there as well. You know, you, you form a really good relationship with them, and. You know, there definitely has been a little bit of uh, talking back and forth, and I'm sure it'll start ramping up now the season started. So, uh, looking forward to it. And just finally, are you confident you guys can play finals footy this year? Uh, definitely confident. You know, um, I would definitely wouldn't have moved up here unless I had the opportunity to play finals. That's what you do as a player, and um, you know, I think consistency is our, our biggest key. And you know, if we can start fresh this week and start fast and you know, come off, come away with a win. It's only going to make our season, you know, really good. So just looking forward to the year, being consistent, and I think we'll be there in the finals. Good on you, Sam. Appreciate your time this morning. Best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks to AJ for driving you safely, and good luck against the Tigers. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't say you're driving safely, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, it's good fun, isn't he? Um, good signing too, Sam Verrills. Good to catch up with him. And tomorrow, SEN celebrates the Gold Coast Titans takeover. So make sure you're listening to all our shows to hear from Justin Holbrook, Kieran Foran, more Titans stars. We preview their 2023 season and you can feel the energy as a Titans member this season. 0457 736 736. 
736 is the text line. I didn't take long to get this one from Sharky. He says, I don't care what people think, but the Chooks have to be roaring the cab. Unbelievable. Uh, and that's not just from you, Sharky. A couple of others as well. When's the press conference to announce that Mitchell Moses has signed with the Roosters? This is off the back of Spencer Lenu signing on with the Roosters for, well, informing the Penrith Panthers that he's leaving them at the end of this season and destination likely will be that for 2024. Plenty of your texts coming through. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. If you'd like to pick up the phone and give us a call on this Monday morning, the week when the NRL season gets underway. Welcome back to the program. Let's go to the open line. Pedro's on the line. Good morning to you, Pedro. Hey, Maddie, how are you going? Good, thanks. What are your, Mate, what are your thoughts on this Monday morning? Uh, it, this this uh, sombrero thing drives me to distraction, but it, it, it's typical. But just, just a couple of facts on, like, Brendan Smith, for instance. It wasn't just uh, the young fella, Sammy, and he's, he's a great young fella. It wasn't just him that left. We lost lost um, uh, Susu Takiara. What a fantastic footballer! But that's two forwards for Brendan. I mean, if you go through, you know, they're, they're not big names, but but we um, we lost the Tony Kieran, Lachlan Lamb, Freddie Lussick, uh, Nakama, um, Daniel Saluka, Fafida, mm. Volkman. Didn't didn't get that many put on and if you consider the year before we lose our co-captains in friend and uh, Cordner plus Morris I mean just give it a rest guys <laughs> like you, you know we haven't got a 1.4 million dollar halfback we got we got a kid um, Teddy's Teddy worth a packet but so's um, Turbo Latrell would be worth more I mean just like, if you can't handle your cap properly, don't start pointing at other clubs. <laughs> there. Mate, it's, it, thank you, Pedro. Look, it's, a, it's an age-old argument, isn't it? And we don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could, I, you could sit here and I, I could throw numbers that, that I think or that we think, and I, the fact is that we don't have a, a clue. Um, but it's an, age-old, it's an age-old game isn't it? And it's part of the, essentially part of the shtick. I can hear the frustration in your voice as a Roosters supporter, but there's no doubt about it. Once you read what's been going on today and, you know, out of the Penrith Panthers, I mean, you're talking about somebody leaving a two-time premiership club, a two-time premiership player leaving, but going off to the Roosters, it's going to get rugby league fired up. You know what? In three days' time, I mean, we'll still be talking about this, but in three days' time, (laughs) we'll be starting to talk about the footy itself. Uh, thank you for that, Pedro. Appreciate your call, mate. Thank you very much. And make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you give us a call next week and let me know your thoughts on uh, week one of the NRL. A couple of quick texts before we get to the news with Vanessa. Uh, Matty, if you saw F1 testing over the weekend, I have a feeling that McLaren look well off the pace and will be lucky to battle the midfield again. Poor Oscar walking into a tough rookie year. Also, did you see uh, Cyril? No, it wasn't Cyril on Drive to Survive, I understand, reminding Daniel not to trust Zach Brown. Very interesting exchange. Uh, thank you for that, Patrick. Um, look, mate, I didn't see a lot of testing across the weekend. I was down in Tassie doing the Speed Series. And to the Kingswood Welder, thank you for your comments as well. Great to work alongside my mate Greg Rust and the team again. That's where my um, focus was across the weekend but I did keep an eye on what was happening in Formula One and it's going to be a tough rookie year regardless of whether or not McLaren go good 
for Oscar Piastri. I mean, it's his first year in Formula One. It's going to be tough. Very smart kid, very good driver, but very young. And this is his rookie year. And McLaren have been pretty open. I think, Patrick, the biggest thing for me, because what we see and what we read and what we hear and what they say about testing doesn't often add up at all. I mean, because you never really know what the truth is. But the truth and the fact of the matter is that McLaren ended up the test with the fewest amount of laps by a fair distance. And if what that says is straight up, reliability is a problem. They've got themselves a problem with reliability. And you will know because sounds as though you're a Formula One supporter. If you're going to go into a season trying to play pin the tail on the donkey really early, just trying to get your car across the line of reliability, then what hope have you got to try and make the adjustments and try and catch Red Bull? Because Red Bull have done so well throughout that Formula One testing that Max Verstappen didn't even bother with it in the end. Sergio Perez went and did all the hard work. So they've done all the work, and that's the key takeaway for me. Have a look at who's really quick, who's really reliable, and who's not worried, who's not saying a lot. The top teams. And it appears that Red Bull are in the box seat yet again, but it's going to be an interesting year for Oscar Piastri as we get ready for the first Formula One race of the season. Appreciate that. 0457 736 736. Your thoughts coming thick and fast, especially about the salary cap. That didn't take long, Pedro. You've started a war on the text machine. We'll do that after the break. Thank you, Vanessa. The first serve is on tonight across the SEN network from 8 o'clock Eastern, hosted, of course, by Brett Phillips, who joins us on a Monday morning to talk tennis. Good morning, BP. Maddie, good morning. I see Carlos Alcaraz goes down in the final to uh, Cam Norrie, so that's in the Rio 500, and it went three sets. Yeah, just a short time ago, wrapped up. It's a great tournament, beautiful setting. Rio speaks for itself, and Carlos was the defending champion, and well, he had the game in his uh, grass, a uh, 7-5-3 love, love 30 Norrie on his serve, and then it just turned. Norrie, uh, you know, who was runner-up the week before, he was runner-up in Auckland at the start of the year. He desperately wanted to win a title on, on a surface that he hasn't had a lot of success on. Uh, he's made a real pact uh, this year to do better on clay, uh, gearing up for the French Open in May, and he rallied, and then Elkarez he had some physical issues, certainly in the final set. He was basically playing off one leg, so... They're both due to go to Acapulco this week, leading into Indian Wells next week. I would dare say that uh, he'll probably pull the pin, Alcaraz, from uh, Acapulco. Look, he played the match out, you know, all those trades at Nadal, not wanting to just wave the white flag and retire, but he was certainly impeded. But well done to Cam Norrie. We love the Norrie story. He's been here, there and everywhere. Great backstory and he's just a hard worker who deserves a bit of success. A big surprise in Dubai as well in the women's in the WTA and the WTA 1000 over there. So Barbora Krejcikova, who was, did she get as high as number two in the world? She wasn't one, but she's taken out Iga Sviantec. Yeah, got to two. Won that French Open, of course, a couple of years ago. We know all about her great doubles uh, exploits on court, winning multiple slams. But this is an incredible week. I mean, a big 1,000, and she beat the three highest seeds, you know, Pagula, Sabalenka, and then uh, Sviantec in the final. Wow. And, look, she um, she earned it. I mean, she yeah. she played some brilliant tennis, and she's, a look, a very good player, uh, you know, who made her name in doubles, has become a terrific singles player. Uh, ranking, though, last year had dropped out to about 30-odd, and that's been cut in half with the win. 
and this is the thing with Iga. I mean, uh, she's defending eight titles from last year, so she's in the gun. Everyone wants to take her scalp, and that's the second time because uh, Krachikova actually beat her in a WTA final at the back end of last year. So she's got Iga's uh, measure at the moment. Incredible. Uh, Aussies are going well <clears throat> on the Challenger Tour. Been a late night, Manny. A bit bleary-eyed, I've got to say, uh, today. Not kind, uh, watching the Aussies here and, there and everywhere. But the story is Max Purcell. This um, eccentric, a uh, bit different, uh, but he's got a brilliant tennis game from your neck of the woods in Sydney. Uh, Nathan Healy, his words on uh, my show a couple of years ago that he can be top 20, they ring in my ears. Now, Max, in the space of two weeks, has gone from 203 in the world down to, I think, now 116 winning back-to-back challenges. So beat fellow Aussie James Duckworth overnight. Both of these events have been in India. He'll have another week in India uh, this coming week in Pune. And he is playing brilliant tennis, Max. It's just a beautiful blend of power and touch. And maybe those words might ring true. I mean, he's just a freakish talent who's capable of anything. Jordan Thompson won. Uh, it was great for him. Young Tristan Schoolcape, uh, good uh, good player from WA, played some tough qualies matches at the Oz Open. He'll be our special guest on the first serve tonight. He won in Swan Hill. Uh, there were winners everywhere. Yeah. So uh, we might have a little bit of the theme uh, tonight, you know, bringing in with We Are The Champions. I don't know where to look. <laughs> you got your hands full, I know that much. Good on you, mate. Enjoy the show tonight. Thank you. The first serve on the SEN Network with Brett Phillips. Great signs for Australian tennis. And Kretschikova has done a remarkable job there against Iga Sviantek to win in Dubai. But, yeah, on the way through, beating the top three players. Um, players to defeat. So I've just quickly looked it up. Players to defeat the world's top three players at the same event. She now joins this list. Uh, Arena Sabalenka did it last year in the WTA finals. Venus Williams in 2008. Serena Williams in 2002. And Steffi Graf at Roland Garros in 1999. It's a fair old list to be on. The Williams sisters, Steffi and Arena Sabalenka. So well done to Barbora Krachikova, who's uh, taken out the Dubai event on the WTA and knocked out Iga Sviantek in the final, 2am, Tommy has his coins on the table. Um, oh, what? oh, don't. Don't. <laughs> oh, isn't it good, man? So where, where are your coins? Isn't it good? Hang on, where are your coins? Oh, the notes are just falling from my pockets. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mark. Where, where Thank you, Mark. So, yeah, you've, you've given up the coins, have you? You've just gone straight to the top shelf? Well, as some of our listeners like to assume, it's... Not coins, but brown paper bags, some checks. I mean, let's be... Isn't it just a Another great day? Another one for the battlers, Another eh? one for the battlers. Another this one for the battlers. A, a small club from Moore Park, eastern suburbs, you know, where just hardworking people all live. Yeah. And they just get another another one. Um, I believe he was a Roosters junior as well way back when, Spencer Lenu, as well as Dom Young, even though he was born and raised in England, he was somehow a Roosters junior. Um, so it's a great, you know, return home for both Dom Young and, and Spencer Lenu. Uh, who, who's next, Tommy? Ooh, who's next? I don't know. Mitch? P- ha- how about let, let the listeners know. Yeah. Who do you want to see next in a Roosters jersey? No, no. <laughs> Listen, let, let's – because there's a thousand text messages and we all know what they're saying and, and everybody's jumping up and down and and um, there are some pretty valid, you know, valid points to be raised. So just take all that aside and all yes. the ha-ha laughter aside. Just dead set put your Roosters 
hat on, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's always on, Matty. It's always it on. It is always on. <laughs> From a pure fan's perspective, yep. you can understand why people and the text messages that you're seeing come through, you can understand where they're coming from, can you not? In terms of the frustration that the Roosters always seem to get the big players, 100%. 100%. And how can you afford them all? Yeah, 100%. Well, I'll go. I'll echo what Pedro the Roosters said last segment. So the end of 2021, the Roosters lose both of their co-captains in Jake Friend and Boyd Corner. They also lose Brett Morris and Josh Morris. They lose Dale Copley. They lose Isaac Liu and Matt Ikevalu. Um Last year, they lost about 10 players. Sam Verrills, Ronald Volkman, Takiyaho, Daniel Saluka Fafida, Rena Fatoni, Lockie Lamb, Freddie Lussick. Yeah. And then they have a host of players off contract at the end, end of this year. Fletcher Baker, Egan Butcher, uh, Billy Smith, JWH, Connor Watson, Got Daniel Tupo. Got all that. So money comes in, money goes out especially. that's We're not keeping all these players. It may seem like it, but guess what? We're not keeping all these players. Um, Dom Young, Spencer Lenu. Young guys, and they just want to be at a destination club. Maddie, this is this happens in every single sporting league around the world. We got Mark here as a football fanatic. There are some clubs that are destination clubs. Players want to go there. Fans want to fans want to be their fans because time after time, it's the LA Lakers in the NBA, Manchester United of old in the Premier League in the EPL. Players want to be there mm. because they have guaranteed success. Not every year. But time after time, they'll they'll be there. Listen on the on the other front of player signings, uh, you and I have spoken about it at length. And players signing this far out to go and play with another team a season away. Uh, do you think June thirty would be a much better arrangement? Do you think? I mean, we we, we busted down the pros and cons this morning, and yes. then we did it again with Matty John. So you and I had a good chat about that. Um, this morning. So wh- where do you think this sits then, as a fan? As a fan, would you rather see? Players waiting till round 17, going the distance with their club and then announcing a move? Um, well, as a fan, I'd rather wait until the very end of the season, um, not even round 17, until the very – I've said it – I've proposed it countless times, have a month transfer window at the end of the season, uh, about two weeks after the NRL grand final. Do that for a month and then you can do another two-week uh, window before the season starts, maybe either prior or after pre-season trials. So clubs can fin- – it's and, and guess what? They won't be big-name players, maybe on the slight occasion, but it'll mainly be those guys maybe 23 to 30 in the playing charts. I mean, this is all about compromise, isn't it, with the NRL and the RLPA. The RLPA have said it countless times that they do not want oh, – they want to have that security there for players so they can, you know, set them up, you know, help their families, yada, yada, yada. Whereas the NRL are hearing all this negative criticism from fans saying, why can't we be like other sporting – um, professional sporting clubs around the world and just fix this mess. Because it, it's honestly, it's pedestrian. It's pedestrian that a, a player can sign a year in advance um, and then still play for that club. Now, I'm not questioning the integrity or the motive of the player. They'll still put 110% um, energy and motivation into their performances. They're putting their bodies on the line, but it's still a mockery. It's still a mockery. Am I happy with the round 17? No. Is it better than what we have now? Yes. Yes, easy. Would you be happy if the NRL Grand Final found a new home every couple of years? Yes, hundred percent. What right. if it, what if it was outside of Sydney or Queensland, somewhere in Queensland? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Okay, I'm not as parochial when it comes to these things. Um, I think it's we are the National Rugby League. We are not the um, Sydney Rugby League, even though a lot of fans want to cling to that once again. I'm happy for it. 
to go to the highest bidder. We just have to make sure that the promotion is there and it's going to look really bad if, say, we're at Optus Stadium and there's 40,000 there for a 60,000-seat stadium. While so that's play- like one thing that we'd have to make sure While of. we're playing 20 questions, it's rapid fire for you this yes, morning, isn't it? Yes, let's go. Do you agree with Matty Johns' top eight? So same as last year, but he's got the Seagulls coming in at the expense of the Raiders and then a few others moving around, but um, only one out, one in. No. His history shows that that isn't true. And I think I think later on this week, I'll share mine with you. I think a big riser this year, a big mover, um, can be the Brisbane Broncos. I think they can get into the top four. Top four? I think they can get into the top four. Even with all this drama around Kevy Walters, not completely sold on him as a coach, I think they can make top four. Should we do – when should we do it? Should we do the top eight Wednesday with Webby? Sure. Should we put a date? Or we can well, do it we're on Thursday. Have to. Or Thursday morning. Yeah. It's up to you. Hey, it's mornings with Matt White. Let's do it. It's your decision. <laughs> you constantly remind me. Let's do it on Wednesday morning. Okay. There you go. We've got ourselves two days to come up with our top eight. I, I found that really interesting. I, one of the, Matty's top eight to me was interesting in a couple of respects. Um, I, I do have a home for Manly in my top eight. I, I'm trying to find a home for others. I'm, I'm not going to rule the storm out, you know, the discussion that we had. Yes. I'm buying them back in. Still worried about them, but I'm buying him back in. But I found it interesting that he's got his, he's got Parramatta just sneaking into the eight or in eighth hey, position. Stats don't lie. And as I said last week, history has shown that a team that finished in the bottom four the year prior will come into the top eight and, and top, in the top four the following season. So there are hosts of clubs that, that can do that this year. Will history continue? I don't know. But I am I am pro the Broncos this year. I think they can get find their way back into the top eight if and even top four. Missed it this morning. Matty Johns' top eight. Uh, the Panthers to finish on top from the Roosters. He's got South Sydney finishing in third. So that's a move from seventh last year up to the top four. The Sharks in fourth. The Melbourne Storm in fifth. The Cowboys to finish sixth. The Seagulls to finish in seventh. And the Parramatta Eels, last year's grand finalist, to finish in eighth. So from 2022 to 2023, Maddie's got Manly coming in and the Canberra Raiders going out. More after this. It is. And then it's afternoons with Jimmy Smith, who's uh, ready to rumble. A little bit going on. Jimmy, good morning to you. Hello, Matthew. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Late, late finish last night. Got back late from Tassie. Yeah. I, I was saying to Maddie Johns earlier, I was on a Jetstar flight. So it's a direct flight from Launceston to Sydney. You didn't stop at Alice Springs? No, no. no. Thankfully, we stopped in Sydney. <laughs> God, I don't know why I'm laughing. Oh, no, it's anyway. terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. But um, what, Seven hours on the tarmac. No, I can't do it. Seven hours. No. Seven hours at an airport? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Very different. Let them off the, apparently, they couldn't let him off the plane because there's no customs. Yeah. It was international. So we get all that. Where are they going to go? Well, like where? That's, you, that's a good point. Where are you going to oh, go? You know what you just do? I put him in a hangar or put him in the part of the airport, yeah, and then just put put all these signs up saying, "Beware crocodiles," and no, <laughs> no one's leaving the hangar. Exactly. Yeah, you can jump off the plane, no problems. But good luck if you want to go anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. That, oh. that'll keep them there. Yeah, dear, dear, dear. Anyway, late finish. Got myself home. Got up nice and early. Uh, was down the beachfront nice and early, and then in you here. hang on. You go to the beachfront before coming in here, mm. did you? Pitch, What'd you do? Pitch black, big long walk. My wife and I do. Okay, yeah. Oh, there you go. Spend the uh, spend the hour with the fresh air. The couple that train together. That's right. Fight What's, together. Is that no. 
I'm wondering how we end that. <laughs> well, I'll let, I'll let to, you do it. It all leads to the same finish, doesn't Being it? Being told what to do. It all yeah, leads exactly. to the Three days to go. Three days to go and then we're into it. <sighs> we stop asking questions. We start asking more questions. I went to Ed Sheeran on Saturday night. Now, I saw a bit of social world about that. Yeah. I saw Genius at work twice on yeah. Saturday night. Who was the second one? Well, Ed was one. Yeah. Uh, Nico Hines was out there, so. <laughs> I saw Genius out there, the Dally M winner. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, Ed Sheeran was just spectacular. Yeah. But I thought, has Ed timed this with the NRL season? <laughs> he probably has, right, of course, stadium. But Ooh. but that that was the weekend off. That's the last weekend, and then we're into it yeah. for, for 30 weeks. So you were saying that he could have been the headline act. Oh, no all, I'm, no, all I'm saying is that great timing all round, that, you know, the, the people go, right, get it on there. Uh, don't scuff the field up too much with the the set. The set was amazing. Oh, okay. And, and then you go right out. Now people can go. And if you're not going to that, don't worry. Next week, NRL's kicking Footy. off. Footy. I, I sorry, I've I've re- I've misread the play because then I thought <clears throat> perhaps the season launched it wasn't. Oh, perhaps nah, perhaps could. Ed was ready to roll there. Nah. Huh? Nah. Nah. You can't tell me that Thursday. <laughs> Andrew Abdo and Peter Volandis had him roll, rolling out for the season launch. No oh, way. I do. Where you're, you not, you're not getting me on that. Straight, come on. Tell stranger things have happened. I, I tell you what, they've saved a fortune then if they ring you up and say, by the way, mate, don't require you on Thursday. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, but here, just have a show anyway. Do your own yeah. show. You're going to make enough. Yeah. I think he'll be okay, Ed. Yeah. I think he's going to end up okay. He's, well, he's, he's taking your money. And Coach K was there too. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Separate part of the stadium. That's good, though. Similar experience. You don't, you don't want to see people you work with. You don't want to see them at, at, at parties like, you know, because then you know what he's going to dance like to Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And well, vice versa. There's a lot of people at work that I don't want to see at work. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no names, Mark. Yeah. It's got, no, it's got nothing to do with the dancing either. Uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's coming up on your show? Mind you, they have very similar thoughts too, so yes. <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, Adam Jackson, gee, it's World War Three up there. Broncos and the Dolphins. It is World War Three. Can't wait to get stuck into that. Tess Connery from Media Week as well. And having a look at the Dragons. Anyone got anything positive to say about the Dragons? Well, we found him, Jason Nightingale. Oh, great. Former Premiership winner and uh, we'll have a chat. He works in the commercial team too. Uh, so I'm just looking at Jimmy Anderson, world's best fast bowler, world's best test bowler. The wicketkeeper's standing up to him. Yeah, none for 70. <laughs> It's really time for Jimmy to just sort of pack it in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, what have they got? They've got a lead of 114 New Zealand. So they're making a fist of this one. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, mate. Have a great show. Thanks, Manny. Uh, we are at the checkered flag on this Monday morning. Don't forget, if you missed out on anything with the Roundup with Matty Johns, just go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and search up mornings with Matt White. 0457736736 is the text line. Jimmy Smith coming up with a big show. Just on the cricket, uh, and we touched on it with Jimmy Anderson, who's now bowling with the figures of uh, no wicket for 70 runs in his 23rd over now. So England enforced the follow-on. At the moment, New Zealand batting five for 347. They have a lead of 121. So obviously England to come on back in, but Jimmy Anderson's just dropped a catch from... Uh, a hard chance, but it went straight to him in the end, and it was a set move, and he's dropped the cold. Um, so a little bit of a worry for the English team, but a long way to go in this test. We'll do it all again tomorrow at 9.